So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at So We Met Online. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash so we met online. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, Chris. Hey, Erica. How you doing? You know what? I've had a, another wonderful day spending and sharing time with you. You're such a flatterer. Are you saying that just because I bought you Thai food for dinner? Yes, and it was the most bestest Thai food ever. I don't know if it was the most bestest. It was good. It was good. It was good. The soup was really good. Yes. Anyway, so when you started dating, either the first time you ever dated in your life or after your divorce, did you just have a lot of questions? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you were supposed to say. Oh, is this one of those Q&A episodes again? Yes. Yeah, I have a ton of questions. Okay. <laughs> well, so do my clients. So we have a few questions lined up that I got from clients. I'm going to read those. I'm going to share my answers. And then we are going to talk about it. And all of the questions today have to do with the first date. So here I have a question from a woman who is in her early 60s. And she says, this will be my third meeting or date (laughs) since I signed up for Match last spring. I am really out of practice. Any suggestions on dating conversation starters? His profile isn't very revealing. Plus, I'm not a natural flirt, so I think I come off a little cool. Which is a question a lot of my clients have because people have been out of the game or not in the market or however you want to say it. For some people, for a long, long time, you know, if they are divorced or widowed or just never dated before. So uh, I responded, as for what to talk about, just try to keep things light and positive. They were meeting uh, for coffee in the morning. So I wrote, how was your morning is a simple, easy way to start. I hate to generalize here, but I did write to her. Many men love to delve into sob stories, divorce, Mm. money, etc., None of which is appropriate for the first date. Just see if you have rapport and the rest will come in time. And, again, give me flack for this if you want to, but I say, and, assuming he wants to pay, whether you like him or not, let him. If you feel compelled to offer, you can say, would you like me to contribute? I just hope he says no. Other than that, don't forget to smile. It always lightens the mood. And if you're seated at a square table... If you can, try to sit catty corner rather than across. It's just easier to talk that way. So what are your thoughts on this, Chris? I agree with everything you said. Let's start with the last one you said, which is sitting catty corner with your date. Okay. I think it's really important to be almost as close as you can to your date without it being awkward. I completely agree. So I I give my clients some body language pointers. You know, people ask... Is there a way to create chemistry? The answer is no. Well, you can't create chemistry if there's nothing there. Right. But you can certainly do things to make chemistry more readily available or to be a little bit flirtatious. I agree. You can't just sporadically be able to make chemistry happen. Right. But I do believe that you can 
demonstrate. <laughs> unless, unless you're in a lab. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but you can contribute to the success of that connection by the way you sit, how you positioned, eye contact. Absolutely. Smiling. Interest, smiling. Is your body facing the person or facing away? Are you open or are you closed? Right. right. That's what we talk. Do you have your arms crossed right. or have open body language? So all of these things, again, cannot create chemistry, but they can certainly facilitate it. Right. Here's a prime example with that if you're not at a table. Let's say you go to a bar mm -hmm. and you typically sit at the bar and you could both be facing into the bar. Right. Right. As opposed I to like that choice. turned and actually facing each other. I actually like when the two people are facing the bar because they have the opportunity to be close to each other, to look at each other if they want, but they also have the distraction of the bartender and other patrons there and things like that. But just like sitting at a corner, it does make it easier to, you know, if someone says something funny, you know, put your hand on their shoulder. I mean, I can see that, but where the opportunity comes in is, again, back to the eye contact. I'd rather be able to look at you and sit kind of sideways so that I'm leaning in to listen and mm -hmm. be closer to you, as opposed to almost like, here's a barrier between us yeah, and I'm going to look straight ahead. Well, and you're not, not going to look straight ahead when you're having a conversation with someone. I think <laughs> in some cases, if you're sitting... Going towards the bar, your natural instinct is, well, like you just said, there's the bartender and there's the drinks on the table and there's the TV up above me and everything other than the date that's with me. I don't know. You and I are sitting next to each other right now. And when we have something to say to each other, we just simply turn our head and say it to each other. Yes, but we're pros at this. Oh, we're not pros at talking. I mean, everyone's <laughs> a pro at talking, right? Yeah, but you have to remember, and really this goes back to your first date. I think a lot of times people are going to be nervous. They're not quite sure what they're going to say. Right. And in that process of not knowing what you're going to say and being nervous, people have a tendency of looking away. I agree with that. And what we're trying to suggest is get yourself into a position where it's more difficult to look away so that you can be more engaged in that conversation. I disagree. I think we're saying similar things, but... I tell people to sit catty corner or across so they're not staring into each other's eyes like an interview. Yes. At a table setting, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you sat across from each other at a table, then there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. Usually those two top tables are so large, you feel like you have to yell across a mountain just to tell your date something. And you're certainly not going to have an intimate conversation. <laughs> How was your day? Well, I went to the dog park today. You don't want to yell. Right. What's interesting, though, about this is I actually went on a date with somebody once and she was very adamant mm -hmm. that she does not like sitting next to somebody at dinner. Okay. And in well, this... you, yeah, like, well, you don't want to be that couple, if you don't know each other, who sits on the same side of the booth. No, she's like that even in the relationship. Yeah, but so some people after don't a like, year, I mean, sitting on the same side can be awkward. It is one of those things where on the first date, you may want to ask, you know, where do you want to sit? And are you okay with me sitting, you know, here? You know what I, I have done on many a first date? If they are pointing towards a table... I actually say, hey, I'd rather actually sit at the bar if that's okay. I like to watch the bartenders make the drinks. Mm -hmm. That way it doesn't sound like I'm being snooty 
you know, and I want to sit exactly where I want, but I do try to arrange a date so that I am sitting next to somebody. Next question. Yeah, let's go on. Okay, let's do it. So the next question is from a male client. He's 33 years old and he says, I went out with a woman about three weeks ago for coffee. Then I went on vacation, so we got together after I got back, which happened to be a few days prior to this email to me. I ended the date with a hug since I didn't want to rush things. I'm going to see if she wants to go with me to a friend's performance this weekend. She's really nice, and I think maybe this could grow into something, but I didn't want to rush into anything. At the same time, I'm trying to set up two dates with other people who I'm really curious to meet. One seems great, the other seems busy, but seems like she really wants to meet. Sometimes I think it's just bad timing, so I don't want to give up on these prospects. Do you have any advice or a mindset I should have for these situations? I don't want to lead anyone on. At the same time, if I keep hugging her at the end of the dates, this will kill any chance of progressing either. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy, my indecisiveness may kill the chance of progressing. My friends think I should always go for a kiss at the end of the second date. Is there a rule for this as well? There are so many questions here. Yeah, yeah. I tried to address each one in my response. Thanks for sharing what's been going on. To answer your question, you're not leading anyone on at all by scheduling these new dates. That's the whole point of dating. To get to know someone to see if you'd like to pursue more. Not bad timing at all. Just dating. Also... You're allowed to kiss one woman and still go out with others until you decide if or when you'd like to see someone exclusively. It sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to decide something, when in reality, there's nothing to decide right now at all. And then I said, I agree that if you don't make a move by the end of the third date, it will generally shift you into the friend zone. There's no rule, like you asked, but in general, I would go in for the kiss when you're feeling it be it a first or a second, whenever it is. It shouldn't be prescribed though, like always at the end. If you're feeling a moment in the middle, go for it. If you're not, don't. But if you never make a move, a woman will assume you're not that into her or are too scared, neither of which is a positive assumption. In general, if she's agreeing to see you again and is enjoying herself on the date, she'll likely be open for the kiss, but she's waiting for you to make the move. Yes, on all of that. Oh. Let's start with kissing, because mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite pastimes. I think it's all of ours. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to have to make you wait for a sec. Why don't we take a little break here? Okay. Okay. Let's come back from the break and talk about kissing. Yeah, more suspense. Definitely. I can't wait. Just for you, our listeners of So We Met Online, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I don't know about you, but I have a guilty pleasure, and that is playing Candy Crush on my phone. But I feel like I have to balance out the dying brain cells by educating myself while I'm playing, so I can listen to an audiobook from Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash so we met online for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Okay, so we're back from the break and we're talking about kissing. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> but for context, we're talking about when it's appropriate or not appropriate yeah. to have that first kiss. Right. So first things first, there is no rule 
to when you kiss. Correct. People ask me all the time, or people say, I have this rule, I never kiss on a first date. And I just think that's silly because that means you're ignoring the present. You're not being in the moment. You're, you're trying to abide by some arbitrary rule that you've made for yourself. And that's fine if that is your rule. But I agree, then you are sort of preventing yourself from being open to where the possibility of that relationship goes. Exactly. I mean, on any first date where I've had a first kiss, I haven't planned to have the kiss. I also haven't planned not to. There is no plan because I don't want to lose that moment if it comes up. Now, for me personally, I try to gauge how the evening's going. And in some cases, the evening can be going very well, but I still don't think it's right to have a kiss on the first date. Okay. In some cases, I think the evening is going amazing. And I think there's enough chemistry where the kiss on the first date will work. And in other examples... I just am not feeling it and I don't want to kiss the person, right? But then let's say we get to the second date. There could be a situation where I'm not comfortable in the second date even to have a kiss. Because you don't like her or because the moment hasn't come up? The moment hasn't come up. The timing, whatever the case may be. But here is one suggestion that I will make. I really liked the part where you said, It doesn't have to be at the end of the date. No, because I can imagine, especially someone who's even asking that question, I imagine the anxiety that goes into the entirety of the date thinking, I have to kiss her at the end. Right. Some of the best first kisses Mm -hmm. that I've ever had are when I pull the woman I'm with aside during the middle of the date and kiss her. Well, sure, because it's more spontaneous. And often when you're leaving a date, at least in a city with public transportation, it's usually one of those awkward, I'm getting off here. Right. Goodbye. Yeah. Everything that I remember as far as first kisses Uh are random spontaneous times with no planning. Just in the moment. Right. Exactly. Because then it just, it also just puts a lot of pressure on the end of the date that I don't think is necessary. Yeah. Guys who are listening to this, I would, again, highly recommend that you start to strategically think of times during the date that you can... And I I wouldn't recommend that because once you start strategically thinking about it, you get in your head. And I would say, don't be planning this so much. Just be on the date. Yes. feel it out. Right. So when I say strategically planning, I'm not saying... That while you're there on that date, you're thinking, oh, I should kiss her during the middle of the date. Is this a good time? No. What I'm trying to say is start putting it into your mindset that sometime when it feels right during the middle of your date is probably the best time to do it and not wait until the end of the date. I don't know whether there's a best or a worst or an ideal or whatever, but it's just there are no rules. I think that's what we're both saying. Exactly. Now, there's the other part of the question, which was, He was asking, well, I like this one woman. Can I still see these other two? Bad timing. I actually think this is what we call good problems. (laughs) You like more than one person. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll take it to the opposite extremes here. Okay. I know one person who told me they had six dates lined up this weekend. Now that Sounds like something I would have done. (laughs) See? Exactly. (laughs) So it's like... A date Friday morning, a date Friday evening, a date Saturday afternoon, a date Saturday evening, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, right? Six dates for the weekend. I once had three in a Sunday. I just, I couldn't wait for my bed that night. Yeah. I was trying to be efficient. 
my gosh. I there is such thing. a thing as yeah. too efficient. Uh, I did the same thing. I've been on multiple dates throughout the single day or during the weekend. The other extreme is, is that I do know that there are a lot of people out there that say, I only want to focus in on right. one they person. They put all their eggs in one basket. And so what they do is they set up a date with one person. They see how that goes. Mm-hmm. If they decide they want to have a second date with that person, they see how that goes. And at a point in time when they decide, oh, this is no longer going to work, then they start looking for the next date. I think that's fine, too. I mean, that's just a personal preference. Right. And so that's the point of all of this. You can do it however it feels comfortable for you based on your individual schedule, Uh your individual priorities, Uh all of that type of stuff. And if you decide that you want to see multiple people, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Ultimately, you have to wait until you've decided that you want to focus in on one person Mm -hmm. and make sure that you are communicating that to whoever you're with. And for the last question... Another multi-part question that I got from a male client, mid-30s, I believe 37 years old. Had dinner with her last night. It was nice. And this was a second date, just for context. But I don't think she's what I'm looking for. Hard to put my finger on it exactly, but I learned she's allergic to cats, which definitely (laughs) doesn't help. With this in mind, a few questions popped into my head. One, how to disengage properly. There was no talk of getting together again, and it ended on, this was fun and good luck. Is that enough or do I have to say something? Two, how long should a first and second date last? I have been a bit above an hour on the firsts and last night went just shy of two. Is there a too long or too short? Three, so I guess openness to cats is a bigger deal than I initially thought. Should I put that in my profile? Should I answer that question online? And four, when I make initial contact with my date, what should I do? Hug? Shake hands? (laughs) Nothing? He asks a lot of good questions. Yeah. So uh, I answered each one. Number one, you said good luck at the end of your date. For good measure, send her a text today saying, it was so nice to see you again the other night. I think you likely came to the same conclusion, but after some thought, I don't think I felt the connection I'm looking for. Regardless, I really enjoyed getting to know you and wish you all the best. The key elements here are tact and honesty, and this text gets to both. The second question, there is no set amount of time for dates, but in general, I'd give the first date at least 45 minutes to see if there's a connection. Just slightly over an hour is more than appropriate. For a second date, presumably you at least like each other somewhat, so it'll usually be longer, also if food is involved. Anywhere from, I don't know, one and a half to about three and a half hours, depending on the activity. But if you're having a great time, don't cut it off just for the sake of cutting it off. Right. I'm not going to tell you the answer to the cat question because it's silly. Um, I just said, so he actually asked, on OkCupid, there are these match questions in addition to the profile. Like, are you a cat person? Are you a dog person? Are you this? Are you that? I did say it can't hurt to answer a few more of those OkCupid questions. Sure. Number four, his question again was, how do you greet someone? I wrote, hug, always. Handshakes are for business meetings. Hugs are for dates. Just a short one. Nothing too uncomfortable. Oh, I like to hug and just linger there, you know, oh, just boy. meet somebody. Be like, This is going to sound silly, but it's funny. You know, I work at a co-working space and I have my local clients come in to meet with me. And particularly for my male clients, though sometimes my female clients, we do hug practice. 
And the people at the front desk find it hilarious because they know when mm-hmm. I'm doing hug practice because I'll be like, no, again. Because it's interesting because men hug men differently than men hug women. Yes. And, you know, with a, a man-to-man hug, it's usually the, the one-arm back slap. You know I'm right. I think for the most part you are right, but <laughs> I'll do two-arm back slap. Okay, but it always includes that back slap, like, hey, yes. man. Yeah, yeah, it's a brotherly tap-tap. Right. So when I make my male clients do the brother do the hug practice, if they're doing a brotherly tap tap to me, I have to fix that. What guy in in the world is doing a brotherly hug tap tap to a female? More than you think. This uh-huh. is why I have to have hug practice, right? And then you have the ones who it's like too tight and uncomfortable. It's like I'm not your grandma. So we have to practice a nice hug that's not. Like the dead fish handshake. You don't want the weak hug, but you also don't want the hug that makes someone feel invaded. Right. Well, okay. So let's go through some of these questions just in a little bit more detail. Uh, The first one was uh, the cats. If that is something that is important to you, like we have said on anything else, put it in your profile. Mm. It's not too bad to have something like that in your profile if it matters to you. Well, I would say, though, the caveat the cat tiat to that <laughs> the cat is, is to keep it positive. So if your cats are important to you, like my dog is important to me, you can say something about your cat. But do not say cat haters move along. Right. Or, no, I would say something like I love cats and I'm looking for somebody who shares my interest as well. I would not say any of that. I would simply ask the question on whether you have pets. And then there's generally a way to indicate that you have a dog, a cat or something else. Yeah, but what he's saying is he didn't realize that the, he's allergic, right? That the cat yeah, thing was going to be. Yeah, but she knew from his profile that he had a cat. I believe that that's all he needs to do. It comes off as strange and negative sometimes. It, with I don't know why cats have a weird stigma, and it comes off as strange if you're like, you know, my cat's an important part of my life. Even if I were to say my dog's an important, like someone can see in the profile that he has a cat. I have a dog. Take it or leave it. No, I hear what you're saying. I'm simply saying that I think for some of us, there are levels of importance on certain aspects of our life. Sure. Right. In a lot of the profiles, as an example, when we talk about children, Mm -hmm. I have children. I can say that I have children without saying it in my profile because it's one of these things. And a woman who is looking for somebody who doesn't already have children, they can clearly see that and they can clearly make this decision. Right. For some other types of things like pets, you can say that you have pets, but if it's more important, and for some people it is, pets are a huge part of their life, Mm -hmm. that the profile is not properly covering that importance. So maybe it's something else. Like you want to wake up every day at 6 a.m. to do yoga and hike. And if that is something that is hugely critical for you and you do not want to be with anybody else who can't accept that, how do you translate that type of information into your profile so that they understand? I hear what you're saying. And the yoga and the hiking thing is not something that's simply answered by a checkbox question. Correct. The children and pets are. Correct. So, I mean, I think we could go in circles about this all day. Let's not. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is how to let someone down easy. How to, I'll call it, reject someone, but in a tactful, honest way. And I always recommend some version of that text I suggested for him. 
you know, unfortunately, you know, thanks again for a nice evening. Unfortunately, I just didn't feel the spark or the connection I was looking for or the chemistry, but it was really nice getting to know you and I wish you all the best. Yeah. And the only thing I have to say about that is this actually say something. Oh, agree. Most people believe that saying nothing is their letdown. I have a question. Let's say on a first date, it's very clear that neither of you likes each other. At that point, I do think it's fine to walk away and neither has to say anything if you've both made it abundantly clear. And if you if you say best of luck, I think... <laughs> if you say you best know, of luck... Good luck I, to you in your search. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, I think pretty, that's pretty clear. Yes. But my philosophy on this is the minute one person makes him or herself vulnerable to you, and by vulnerable, I mean indicating interest... So if I go on a date with someone, I'm not interested, but he indicates interest, say, over text the next day. In that case, I do believe that I owe him a response. Yes. Unfortunately, too many people just say, oh, he'll get it if I don't answer. Yeah, he might get it eventually, but that's just mean. And you think you're not doing, and we've talked about this in the ghosting episode, you think you're doing it to spare someone's feelings, but we all know that you know in your heart of hearts, you're only doing it to avoid conflict. And I know it's a lot for me to ask this of our listeners and other people in the world. Mm -hmm. I would argue that even if you know at the end of the date that you're just both not feeling it, it is still the polite thing to do the respectful thing to do is to respond to that person afterwards and say you know i really proactively yes what if it's very clear see i would actually get annoyed if if it's so clear and someone says hey i just wasn't feeling it i would rather them say hey you know i think we both weren't feeling it but it was nice to meet you what I don't want is for us to have clearly both rejected each other and then I get the letdown text. No, if that is happening at the date, you leave the date, you get to your cars or wherever the parting mm-hmm. the parting place is and you say what you just said, you know, I had a really nice time, but I don't think this is going to work out. See, if you say that in person, then I don't think you need a text. Well, to say that in person, though, if you're not sure, that hurts someone's feelings. Like, my feelings were really hurt. The one time someone said that to me on a date, I thought he was going in for the kiss and instead he was a lot taller than I am. So he (laughs) he was leaning over, yes, to tell me, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. Good night. I was angry. Yeah. I didn't want to hear that on the date. Well, you know, again. It's a little too raw, a little too fresh. If you're saying that they're both feeling it. I understand. I know. I I sound like I'm being hypocritical. But if it's 100% you both can't wait to get out of there, yeah, have your parting words, say best of luck. But if you're not 100% sure how the other person feels... Yes, then go home and Give then, it a minute. Right. There's only been one time where the date was just atrocious. My first date was atrocious. Mm-hmm. And I left without saying really anything. I didn't say goodbye. I didn't say <laughs> thank you. I didn't say... I just was like... We'll have to save that story. Yeah, I'm out. And I didn't then follow that up the next day with any other text either. I just, I was done. Yeah, and I can think of one instance where within the first 15 minutes, we were just so vastly different. Right. That I said to him, you know, I don't think this is a match. And then the conversation obviously got so much better because neither one of us was trying anymore. And it's funny, he he started asking me business questions. He's like, well, what could I do differently? I'm like, well, for starters. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, again, bringing it back around before we end it, 
I really firmly believe that our community, our society, I firmly believe that our society is lacking in, you know, in manners. Oh my God. And Preach. I'll give you an example of this in real world. If you are applying for a job today and you submit your resume to a company, mm-hmm. about 90% of the companies out there no longer respond saying, thank you for submitting. We have found other candidates. I know. Right? The same thing is happening in dating. Yes. Where, I'm sorry, this date didn't work out. Thank you. Right? I feel personally that that conversation, that communication on some level should happen after every date. I agree with you with the one exception of if you both can't stand each other on the first date. And if but, you both uh, can't understand, if you both <laughs> can't stand each other on the first date, then bail and get out as soon well, as possible. Well, I don't know about that, but I do agree with you that because of technology, people are getting ruder. And I know we've talked about this in other episodes where because you can hide behind a screen of some sort, you don't think of the person at the other end of the screen as a person. You think of them as nothing as a commodity as an object and just remember there's still a person there i hate that i could send 50 emails out you know maybe pr type emails or something like that and i could get no responses right i could get one response whatever it's usually none uh when you're sending cold emails but what hurts me more is when i send a personal email and it doesn't get a response. Like, so I'll sometimes check in on a former client yep. who I know was in a relationship when we ended our work together. Because, you know, obviously I like to hear what's going on, especially if it's good news. The number of clients who don't respond to me positively or negatively is, I won't even say, but it hurts me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. And it's funny, <laughs> my sister and I, that's like our one thing, you know, we really bond on that because... Yeah. I like to answer people in a timely... I can't... You know, it's funny. I know we're way over and we're going off on tangents, but I can count on two fingers. And I realize this puts me in the minority. And I realize this might sound like I'm bragging, but I can count on two fingers the number of personal emails I have received that I intentionally did not reply to. And do you know how hard it was hitting delete on that? (laughs) Very hard. And I had very good reason for both not to reply. Yeah. Yeah, and I said this story in our ghosting episode, but one of the best rejections I've ever received was the fact that she actually sent me a letter and said, hey, I had a really great time last night, but, you know, I've met somebody else and I'm going to try to pursue this. And I'm like, no questions. No, I completely understood. She was honest. It was straightforward. Thank you very much. Exactly. Because you might be disappointed. Sure. But you really can't be angry with someone for expressing themselves and feeling how they feel. I think we need to end there, Chris. I think it's a good place to end. (laughs) Thank you all for listening.